1: Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money The Worry Free Retirement, with your host, nationally recognized retirement specialist and four time author, Tony Walker.
2: Assuming you are human, chances are at some point in your life, maybe right now, you have been in debt. The word debt is frequently tossed around in our culture to describe the practice of using or spending other people's stuff, their services, or their money, with, of course, the inherent obligation to, at some point in the future, pay that person or that entity back for the money or services you've been using. In return, for that person or entity allowing you to use their stuff or money, they will expect you to pay them interest during the time you had control of their money. Now, don't get me wrong. In many cases, borrowing from others can be practical and reasonable. Unless, of course, you are retired or retiring soon and trying to figure out, in the cost of paying this back, the money you owe, and if you do so, how it will affect your cash flow in retirement. The key to debt, or the practice of borrowing from others, is having a game plan for how best to pay it back and when. You see, debt, and the interest someone charges you for the use of their money, creates an annoying obligation that can increase one's level of worry in retirement. Unless of course your cash flow is good and you can easily afford to pay them back. Yet, paying back debt all changes when one retires. That is, when one stops getting a regular paycheck and must now rely on the money they've saved for retirement, which is going to be the topic of today's program. Well, welcome folks to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, I am that retirement planning specialist, cash flow expert and fiduciary, Tony Walker. And today we're going to learn the three types of debt and which ones, if any, are best to consider keeping in retirement and which ones are not. But before we get started, let me introduce a young man who I'll be forever indebted to for helping us produce the show. America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orander. Good morning, Aaron. Hey, good morning, sir. Thank you for that compliment. Oh, yeah. Man, you've done a great job. How many years has it been? I know the TV show came before the radio show, but how many years we've been, even back at the old, uh, the big uh, network we met in uh, Louisville, how long has it been?
1: I've Well, I've been with you for over eight years now, but I would say us working together per se, probably, I mean, easily over 10
2: years now. Oh, yeah. I've easily. Got, yeah. That's wild how time flies. Um, and you know what? I've thinking about the shows there now. Oh, by the way, let me clarify something. Again, this program dealing with debt, this is dealing with retirees and soon to be retirees. So if you're out there, uh, and this is nothing against everybody else on the radio talking about debt, this is not about debt consolidation. This is about people who have money already for retirement, save for retirement, but also are trying to deal with debt. Am I making myself clear on that, Aaron? Yes, Yes. exactly. I'm
1: excited to see where you're going to go with all this.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because I've never done a program on debt. But what's happened, Aaron, over the years as we do more and more retirement planning. And a lot of this stems from interest rates. Interest rates are so low right now as we record this show on August 25th, 2021. I mean, ridiculously low. So, there's a catch to that, Aaron. You know, if you're out borrowing money, so let's say for a house, it's a wonder wonderful time uh, to be your age and own a home, and you've got a mortgage. I'm assuming we'll get into this in a minute, but you've got a mortgage, so probably very low interest rate, would you say? Yes, yeah, so awesome. But the problem is you have a lot of the savers that are retired or retiring soon that we work with Aaron, and they maybe don't have as much debt, they might have some. But they want to safeguard their money, but they go to the same bank that you borrowed money from and they're only getting 0.5% in interest on their money. Pretty bad. Yeah. So today, what we're going to try to do is help you understand, first of all, again, this is, this program is not about debt consolidation and how to get you out of debt. That's not the point. What we're trying to do is help savers who are retired or retiring soon to understand the difference between budgeting and cash flow. Folks, all retirement is, is taking the money you've saved Turning that into an income or cash flow so that you can be worry free in retirement. So, when we come back, we're going to go over the three types of debt. We're going to talk to Aaron a little bit about these three types of debt in his own life. And then I'm going to slide over with somebody that's more in the range we're talking to and show you the difference in perspective between debt at someone Aaron's age and debt at someone getting ready to retire. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker, and we will be right back. Welcome back to The Worry-Free Retirement. Tony Walker here along with America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orander. And um, before I ask Aaron a few questions, keep in mind, Aaron, what are you, age 40 now?
1: I am 41. I just turned 41 a month ago.
2: And so it's not that we don't occasionally work with 41-year-olds. We do sometimes. But, you know, uh, as we're going to see in a minute, a perspective on debt of a 41-year-old, particularly with a home, we'll talk about home debt, and those of my uh, particular clientele, which is generally over the age of 55, 60 and even older, those people who are maybe still have home debt or other debts and they're trying to deal with what we call cash flow issues. So if you're just now joining us uh, as a retirement planning specialist who has personally met with over 15,000 people over the past 37 years, I can tell you, if you boil this whole thing down for retirement, all it is is you're gonna stop work, you're gonna stop getting a paycheck And you're gonna have to figure out how you're gonna take that money you've worked so hard to save, convert that into a paycheck, if you will, and that money's gotta last the rest of your life. So when you're dealing with cash flow analysis, which is what we do when we're working with a client or prospective client, we have to think through debt. Do we keep the debt? Do we pay it off? Do we get money out of the 401k? And if so, what are the taxes? I mean, this analysis, you you need to know what you're doing. And we at Tony Walker Financial, I absolutely do. Okay. So really, Aaron, there is, if you boil it all down, I mean, there's all kinds of debt. Let's name several debts. I mean, you could have credit card debt, home debt, uh, car debt. Uh, you know, i tell you debt people don't think about is your utilities. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, you use the utilities, but you got to pay them for the use. So in, in a sense, you're indebted to them, right?
1: Yeah. In a sense, if you yeah. don't if you don't pay it, they get turned off.
2: There you go. So okay. there's a, so the key with debt, here's the key with debt, folks. Remember this key word here because this is really important when you're thinking about retirement. With debt, you are creating potentially, depends on the type of debt, an unnecessary obligation that eventually has to be dealt with. So the key word is their obligation. You are using other people's money, other people's services, other people's stuff, and you're promising to pay that money back, usually with interest, And that is an obligation. So if you go into retirement, let's say with a bunch of debt, uh, you know, you're obligated to still make the payments on it, which can affect your cash flow. So there's three types of debt. Okay, here we go, Aaron. There's good debt. There's bad debt. And then as probably my late great uh, grandmother Hazel would call it. There is just silly debt. I like him. He's silly. So let me define good debt, bad debt, silly debt. Good debt would be a debt that generally does not go down in value in terms of what you've purchased. Uh also it has use or utility. So I would say quite frankly, you know, the most common, I would say, good debt is your home. So you own a home, Aaron, right? And That's you're 41. And uh, describe, you have describe when you bought the home, how much you put down, mortgage and all that good stuff.
1: So I purchased our home f- five years ago, five and a half years ago. Uh I put down ten percent uh reasonably low rate because I was a first time buyer. And uh, you know, Jessica and I in our monthly mortgage payment, we pay a little extra every single month. So we can pay it off a little early. It's a 30 year mortgage. Uh we can pay it off a little early, but we're not, you know, we're not we're not crazy about it. We're not making three payments a month and, you know, living on ramen noodles or anything like (laughs) that. We're just, you know, we're paying a little extra a month
2: Every month. Okay. So that would be good debt. No big deal there. But you're not really stressed out or worried about it. I mean, it's your stage in life. So no, thank
1: the good Lord. I'm, I'm not stressed. <laughs> I have a good job and I my, my keep making my payments.
2: So we'll stay on good debt just a second. So even though a home loan is what I would call good debt, when you're getting into retirement, if you're 60, 65, try to fast forward and put yourself in those shoes there. And let's say you quit work. Now in the back of your mind, you're probably thinking, Boy, it should be nice to have this house paid for. Would you agree? Of course. Okay. Yeah. So kind of bear with me, folks, where I'm going with this. Now let's talk about bad debt. Bad debt would be an example of borrowing money for things you really don't need. Uh, I mean, maybe you arguably need it, but those values of those assets go down in value. Um, Let's use a car. Now, I'm not gonna say any car debt is bad, but let's say based on your cash flow, Aaron, you were to go out and borrow money for a car, for a car for $20,000, which you know the car is gonna go down in value, borrow money for that, or you could go out and borrow money for a car that's worth $100,000. Would you say that if you decided on the $100,000 debt, that's probably a bad move. Would that's, you agree? Yeah, that's probably not a good idea. Not a good idea. You could probably afford it. but the I cost... like those new
1: Corvettes, though. Those are, <laughs> those are sharp looking. I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding.
2: That's all right. So that's bad debt. Bad debt would be something that depreciates greatly. You don't really need to spend that much money to have it, but you can justify it. Okay, we'll say well, you might be able to justify that. Now, the final one is silly debt. Silly debt is defined as borrowing money, going out on a limb, borrowing money from somebody else for something that more than likely is going to just, let's say, crash and burn or be totally worthless, uh, ridiculous, and you're stuck with high interest payments and maybe a burden obligation to pay that back for years. Now, I've got a bunch of them. I won't even name all that I've had over the past 61 years, but I got to ask Aaron, I've asked you about home, uh, good debt. Re- you really don't have any bad debt. I don't, no, think I don't really did. have any bad debt. No, but it sounds like in your past, before we went on, you're sharing something in your college days that you said probably would fall into silly debt if you want to share that experience.
1: Yeah, about. Uh, whew! It's so funny looking back now how goofy <laughs> how goofy you were. Uh, about 20 years ago, uh, a couple of friends of mine and I got this really great idea to purchase a bar. There was mm. a bar like tavern, oh. you know, drinking, you know, whatever. Uh, there was a particular bar that we would kind of frequent in our college days down. I, you know, I graduated from University of Louisville and there was a bar down there years ago that came up for sale. And about four of us got together and thought, man, we could do this. <laughs> and I look back now and it's like, Oh, thank you, Lord, that I just was like nah, it's not a good idea because I don't know anything about b- bars <laughs> I don't know the I don't know anything about checking the shelf life of liquors liquor <laughs> licenses I don't know anything about that stuff but at the time it was like yeah we could we could do this we could do
2: this do you remember what it was gonna cost to buy it I'm sure you had to oh. borrow the money I mean fifty thousand hundred do you remember oh
1: it was gonna be like three hundred thousand oh, it wow. was it was you know it was big time because so it was right it was right across the street from uh, Papa John's Cardinal Stadium down
2: Town. Okay, I know that so, vicinity. Wow. Yeah. Well, so you're right, though. Let, let's face it. More than likely, 99% chance that would have been crash and burn, yeah. right? I mean, that and and potentially there you go. Talk about silly debt. You could have still been paying on that. I mean, is that or probably oh, file yeah. bankruptcy? I'd probably
1: still be paying on it.
2: You know? Yeah, So you're saying, well, Tony, again, get back to retirement. What does this have to do with retirement? Folks, it has everything to do with retirement. Because when you get into retirement, if you are a saver, remember, this show is dedicated to savers, not investors and speculators. In fact, I would argue that with low interest rates right now, Aaron, investors and speculators love these low interest rates because they can borrow money or not pay money back. They They believe they can take that money, especially with the stock market at all time highs. They've probably been able to pull it off and they can use other people's money at a low interest rate to make money. But this show is for savers. Savers don't like trying to speculate on interest rates and borrowing money just to be borrowing money. So when I come back, I'm going to use an exact example of someone recently who came to me in their early 60s, and they wanted to get their house paid off, and we want to go through the ramifications. Actually, this person, believe it or not, had good debt bad debt, and silly debt, and how we at Tony Walker Financial are going to help them get on the straight and narrow, create a worry-free retirement, and get that cash flow to where it needs to be in retirement. Stay tuned. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. I keep hearing more and more of the term fiduciary, What exactly is a fiduciary, and why is it important to work with one? Well, that's a very good question, Diane. Let's first of all define what a fiduciary is. A fiduciary is someone who is required, usually by law or some sort of contract or statutory issue, to act in someone else's best interest. Now in our world, in the financial world, a fiduciary is first symbolized by something you can verify they were supposed to give you what's called Form ADV Part 2, and this can be found at our website at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Besides being licensed, we are all, all of our fiduciaries are licensed as Series 65, but more importantly, this Form ADV Part 2 will disclose to you any relevant potential conflicts of interest an advisor might have, their fees, their background, everything you would need to know about that advisor. Then the second thing that happens with a fiduciary is we in our business are highly regulated. So we are constantly under what's called audit provisions, whereby sometimes government officials will come in to make sure that everything is square in terms of how we keep track of everything and how we handle other people's money. So yes, if you're gonna work with an advisor, especially if it's a large sum of money, I highly encourage my clients to work with a fiduciary, not only a fiduciary that's here local, but one that has salaried, non-commissionable fiduciaries on staff that are there to service what they sell.
0: Tony, this has been fantastic and very informative. How do people get a hold of you if they want more answers to their questions?
2: Well, of course, the easiest thing to do, Diane, is go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and we'll be happy to follow up with them. You know, this has been invaluable information, Tony. Thank you so much
0: for your time.
1: For additional information and scheduling your free, no obligation appointment, go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com.
2: Welcome back to the Worry Free Retirement and thank you for joining us. Um, by the way, I occasionally people say, well, I missed a radio show, Aaron, or how can I get prior episodes or listen to them again? Tell folks how we can listen to the radio, the radio show, uh, past episodes.
1: Sure. No problem. Folks, all you got to do is go to soundcloud.com and right there in the search bar, type in the Worry Free Retirement. Click on that. And you're going to find all of our past radio shows.
2: All right. Thank you, Aaron. Okay. When we last left the last uh, segment there, I kind of brought up this idea. If you're just now joining us, we're talking about good debt, bad debt, and silly debt. And in retirement, should you have any of those or should, assuming you're a saver, should you work on getting those debts knocked out? Now, let me say this, and I've mentioned this on a prior show. There are really two aspects to paying off debt. There is the economic angle. In other words, I'll give you an economic angle on that. Let's say you have Uh, a debt on your home of 3% and part of the interest is deductible, and you've been out making 7% or 8% in the stock market, well, from an economic standpoint, if you just stop there, probably would not make sense to pay off the debt. I mean, let's face it, you're using 3% money from the bank and you're turning around and making 7%. Okay, just if you just stop there, economically speaking, you would probably be better off to just keep investing your money and not rush to pay off the debt. But if you're a saver... Okay, from a psychological standpoint, that same saver who doesn't like to risk a lot of money looks at that 3% homeowner's debt and goes, hey, wait a minute, if I paid that puppy off, not only would I be saving the 3% in interest, that's called cost of money, but the payment I am making, let's say it's $1,000 a month, I don't have to come up with that anymore. I don't have that obligation. Is that making sense, Aaron? Yeah. Okay, so remember the term is obligation. When you're in retirement, Retirement planning is all about cash flow, monitoring the money coming in the front door and the money going out the back door. So in that example, let's focus on the psychological aspect. Let's say that saver says, no, I don't want the obligation. I want that home to be free and clear in retirement. And I want that extra thousand dollars that's going out the back door plus interest in my pocket. Okay. So let's, let's say that's what this person wants. Remember folks, this is your money, your plan. Don't let people try to talk into doing things that go against what you really want a trained retirement specialist who is a fiduciary's main job is to help you get what you want at the least amount of cost and risk to you. That's what that's how we work with savers. That's their mindset. So let's walk through this. So I'll use this example, change the names to protect the innocent. So let's say husband and wife, they come in to see me. This is what I do all day long. I think I had 20 appointments yesterday here in the Louisville office. But anyway, they come in to me, they bring their stuff in and they say, okay, Tony, I've got a house, they've got a house worth 200,000 let's say, they owe 60,000 on the house, they've got $10,000 worth of credit card debt, 10,000 of car debt, and maybe $3,000 of something weird that they bought years ago or I don't know, just debt everywhere. So I look at that and I start adding up the cash flow needed to pay all those debts. And it might be 1500, 2000 a month and some of that interest is sky high. So as we're looking at that, in that example, what I would do is I would then go to their 401k. Let's say this gentleman had $500,000 or he and his wife together had $500,000 in a 401k. By the way, this happens a lot, Aaron, because people have been trained by Wall Street to just fund and fund and fund their 401k. Very few people when they retire that I meet have a ton of money in savings. That Most of their money's in the 401k. Does that make sense? Right. Because that's what they've been told to do. Then all of a sudden they get to retirement and They got to deal with that darn tax tumor. They don't have a lot in savings, and then just because life is kind of you know thrown them some curveballs, or they've had to have stuff for their kids or cars or whatever, then all of a sudden they got this debt. So they've got debt here. They've got debt they owe to the IRS. They don't realize that what it is. But I was gonna say it.
1: that's that's the big thing is they don't realize it.
2: That's right. So okay. their biggest debtor is actually the IRS or the government, and so they come to retirement and they're like, I don't want to have to come up with all this money. So the question is. Do we, in this example, let's say that was a total of $90,000 of debt and they got a half million dollars in their 401k, with tax rates at all-time lows right now, do we take the hit, pull the money out of the 401k, take the tax hit, pay off all that debt, and then free up, let's say, $1,500 a month? Is that making sense, Aaron? Yes. We have less money in the 401k, that's true. But we've dealt with the taxes on a lot of it. We've eliminated some of the tax tumor. We've taken that money, which is going to have to be taxed anyway, folks. Remember that this is a false notion. You, you all don't want to pay any taxes now on those 401ks. And what you don't realize is the government will eventually get your money. Uh, for a good report on this, I wrote something called the RMD Planning for the 21st Century. Highly encourage you to get this because when you turn age 72, they are going to make you take money out and pay the taxes. You can't defer these taxes forever. Now, if you want to download that free report, it's a Q&A I put together. It's called RMDs, Required Minimum Distributions for the 21st Century. Just go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, type in downloads in the search bar and you can find that. But anyway, back to what we were talking about here. So what we have to decide upon, and we'll do the analysis on this, is it better for this person to take the tax hit, pay the taxes and pay off all the debt and recapture the cash flow or not? Well, quite frankly, folks, the only way we can know if this is right for you is to visit. And what I would encourage you to do right now, if you're saying, Tony, that's me. I. I've got all this debt, I've got this big 401k plan, I've got an IRA, I don't know how to deal with a tax tumor, I need some help from somebody that knows what the heck they're doing. Why don't you do this right now? Just log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, TonyWalkerFinancial.com, click on that Let's Get Started, or you can give us a call at 877-499-9255, that's 877-499-WALK. Okay, we're gonna kind of segue here because not only do we have to deal with costs on debt, we want to talk about a program we have because a lot of people are out there searching for higher rates of return. And back in 2017, we started something called our Charles Schwab platform for savers. And here to discuss the progress of that program and how well it is doing and how we're helping so many savers is my very own nephew, fellow fiduciary, Mr. Wes Walker. Well good morning, Wes. How are you doing this morning? Doing good, Tony. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. And thanks for joining us. So. We've been talking a lot about our new software called Riskalyze, but before we get into that, share with the folks, uh, our viewing audience, a little bit about your duties and more specifically those duties centered around our portfolio management system.
0: Sure, so I help to manage a lot of the annuity contracts that come up and looking at those anniversary dates, if there's any changes we need to make to the annuities. But on the other side, I work in the investments part of our firm and I've kind of gotten more toward that end. Uh, what I do there is look at people's 401k's. I'll look at their current account. So let's say they're bringing a 401k over from a former employer, they're going to roll it to us. A lot of times I'll look at the what we call the risk score from that. That's what risk lies allows us to do. What that does is it kind of determines what level of risk they're taking with their 401k. So I think a lot of people don't realize how risky a 401k can be. Even in 2007, 2008, 401ks went down almost half, some of them, if they weren't invested the right way, given someone's risk score. So we'll look at that. And then also what I do with the Schwab side is look at our current clients' accounts, make sure that their risk tolerance is right for where they're currently at and where they need to be. And uh, when the time comes, we'll also rebalance those portfolios to make sure they stay within the bounds of the risk tolerance that they have.
2: I think that's a key point, too, Uh, and I've got to believe, Wes, that with the, as we record this show on August 25th, 2021, and the market being at all-time highs, I've got to figure that a lot of people who haven't watched over their portfolios closely are what we call out of balance. Describe what we do for our clients, particularly our retirement accounts with Riskalyze to keep those accounts in balance.
0: Sure. So... As the stock market runs up, of course, we invest in stocks, uh, we invest in major markets. As those stocks start to run up, they become a bigger and bigger portion of the person's portfolio. And as it becomes a bigger and bigger portion, you obviously have more exposure to the stock market. So what we do on a quarterly basis is look at our client accounts and trim back those positions that are exposed to the stock market that have been run up by so much. That way they have less risk because they have less exposure to the market. I think a lot of people, if they're self-managing accounts, or if they're just not paying attention to what someone else is doing, can run into the problem where they've got too much exposure to the stock market without even really knowing it.
2: A really good point. And then talk a little bit about what we're seeing out there sometimes with this. uh, Again, we always assume the 401k plans are very, very low fees. But what did you run into recently when somebody asked you to examine the fees of one of the 401ks?
0: So this is a cool new thing. I think it's pretty awesome what we're doing. We'll look at your current 401k statement to get an idea of how much risk you're taking, like I said, but also to see what kind of fees you're paying to this 401k provider or the mutual funds investments that are inside of the 401k. What I found recently with a 401k I was looking at, without any advisory fees, so before he paid any advisors or anything like that, just for the investments themselves in the fund, he was paying eight tenths of 1%. Which you know is quite a bit, uh, eight tenths of one percent over a long period of time can be a whole lot of money, uh, just going into fees of mutual fund managers. When really you could go out and buy the exact same funds at a much lower cost, which is what we do. Now we charge advisory fees, but you get us thrown into the mix where you know we're there to act on your behalf and make investment decisions for you and guide you along the way.
2: Yeah, that was pretty incredible that they're charging the same fees for us and basically providing no services. So. Uh, Folks, we do have some of the lowest fees in the industry and we're very proud of that. And then finally, Wes, uh, before we conclude here, tell them about this free offer. We're already getting a lot of traction and uh, what we can do for them. If somebody's sitting there right now, they're going, gosh, I don't know anything about my risk score. I'm concerned about the volatility of the stock market, worried about another stock market crash. How can we help them to kind of see how we work? Sure. So if you log on to the homepage of the website at
0: TonyWalkerFinancial.com and scroll down, We've got what's called our free risk score assessment if you click on that put in some brief information we'll reach out to you to grab an annual statement from your 401k and that's where we can do both a fee and risk analysis so we'll look at how much fees you're paying and see if there's any alternatives inside your 401k that maybe we could shift to or if we have any other ideas on how to get those fees down and we'll also look at how much risk you're taking within the 401k And we'll even give you a report that tells you how much could be drawn down if there were to be a a major market correction or something like that. So we're happy to do both. It's on the homepage of the website at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. It's the free risk assessment.
2: Oh, man, that's a a wonderful service. We appreciate your work on that, Wes. Tell you what, I'm going to get back to the show. Thanks again. And uh, folks, again, take advantage of that free offer by logging on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Wes, in the meantime, you make it a good one. Thank you. Well, folks, we hope you've enjoyed today's program. We're out of time right now, but again, if we can be of any help to you, I'd be happy to meet with you by phone or in person. All you got to do is log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Click on that Let's Get Started or give us a call at 877-499-9255. That's 877-WALK. Well, between now and next week, you remember, if all else fails, you be worry-free.